Oh, there's a countdown. All right, Melissa, welcome to the Missio Day Writer Circle podcast. My name is Philip Haddon, and I'm here today with Melissa Presser. She's one of our writers here at Missio Day. Um, I started Missio Day with our fellow, um, was supposed to be our fellow co-host today, but he is sick. He's lost his voice, so it's just going to be Melissa and I today going over. Uh, just short little uh, snippet about me. Uh, first of all, part of the uh, Roman Catholic Church. Of course, if you follow Miss O'Day, you've been following our writings. Um, I'm a father, a husband. Um, that's pretty much all the uh, check marks I check mark off myself. You know, I'm Catholic, I'm a dad, and I'm a husband. That's pretty much it. So before we get started here, um, I just want to discuss that Missio Day has officially become a publisher. Uh, we have a new book. Uh, the title The Stations of the Cross with Father John A. Hardin, S.J. And that book has been written by Missio Day author Joseph Tuttle, and he is a student at Benedictine College and Canada. So we're very excited about that book. It's uh, where we've been wanting to get into books. Uh, this is an ebook and a paper. And uh, we'll be uh, just publishing more short ebooks in the future. And we can kind of talk about maybe some stuff that we're working on in the future. And I know, Melissa, you're definitely working on some stuff. Of uh, that book, and I'll include this in the show notes, you can find um, And you can also find it if you subscribe to Amazon Unlimited. You can download that um, without any extra cost. So if you want to help support our mission at Missio Day, uh, we'd be glad to, you know, for your support. And we, we thank you for that. So um, if I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to you, Melissa. So uh, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm very excited for our first show. Um, we've been uh, looking forward to this for a while. And being a Catholic and a dad and a husband, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. So um, I guess, you know, with my introduction, I'm the same. I'm like, except I'm a Catholic, I'm a wife, and I'm a mom um, and a Catholic uh, just being a Catholic in and of itself is a great grace for me because I am a convert to the Jewish faith from the Jewish faith. And um, and so I've been Catholic since, I guess, circa 2015. I've been a Christian since maybe circa 2013. And so um, being a Jewish Catholic writer has been um, such a great grace and joining, of course, you and the Missio Dei family and um, and writing our gospel reflections and and articles has been um, has been amazing as well. It's been a great place to land. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, I think those uh, gospel reflections uh, bearing some good fruits. Um, I know a lot. Of, we've been getting a lot of good responses with those. Um, I have been in uh, in a little email contact with a former professor, and he mentioned he was following the reflection, and it's, it's been really helping him out. Um, he uh, said spiritually um, during Lent, so um, that's really good. Um, so, talking about. Day family, uh, you started with us uh, pretty early on. Um, I had uh, worked with you previously with some uh, blogging, and so that's that's kind of where we got our connection there. So, what's been with Missio Day? Um, has there been any surprises with this journey um, for you? Um, it just it just feels different this time. I think there's a lot of new energy with um students and and 
a master's in theology program. I'm intelligent, very theologically intelligent as so many people, wonderful writers that we have, priests that we have and, and what, what, what not. Um, I think it's what's surprising me is just seeing how, how much I've fallen in love with all the different styles of writing, um, looking at from different lenses and that, you know, I myself It's everything good. Um, blogs are a lot of things that I go to. They're sort of almost like with Miss You Rich and multidimensional. And um I don't know, I just I just love it. I love I love the having the opportunity to write and read. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, kind of when we kind of envisioned this, well, first, I wish Jonathan was here to kind of explain this um, when we talked about doing this at Holy Apostles. Um, he first came to me and it's like, hey, because um, we had written for a previous um, publication uh, called Clarifying Catholicism, and we were part of the Holy Apostles team there. And so he talked to me about, hey, do you think we can uh, start like a like publisher and i was just like that dude that's a bad idea <laughs> we don't know how long about that stuff and um you know there's just so much out there and you know for example there's like ignatius press and word on fire and you know we'd definitely be the little in the in the big pond with the big fish and so um but you know the the type of guy that jonathan is is he just you know uh He'll probably lie. He's like the thorn in the flesh that St. Paul talks about. Uh, maybe that's a bad <laughs> analogy, but he was kind of, he was the guy that kept poking me and pro that's, that's really how we call him like the Holy spirit. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's better. And so, yeah, so there's, that's it. And I, I've been really surprised with our, um, we've been working with and how they've really jumped on and took a, a lot of initiative. Just mentioning the uh, Joseph Tuttle, um, he he emails me all the time about all this new pro all these new projects and ideas that he wants to do, and he's really been key and fundamental to the work that we're doing at Missio Day here. So I'm I'm definitely excited about that. So. Um, Talk about all the good stuff and and uh, about Missio Day. Has there there been any difficulties that that you think that had discovered um, with this project? Um, I mean, I think writing is always difficult when you're writing about your faith. Um, at least for me, you know, I, I can only speak for me personally, but you know, you want to get it right. You know, and when you, you're on a schedule, when you're on a writing schedule, it's definitely a little different, you know, for those of us that, you know, are not, um, are not writing full time and, and we're, we're sort of trying to break into this world or maybe we've been around a while, but maybe haven't been on a schedule. Um, so that's a little difficult because, right, you have some of that creative 
when you're a creative or when you're an artist, at, at least is the way I feel. I'm like, okay, well, you know, turn on Holy Spirit. It's Sunday morning, right? <laughs> I've got to get something going here because I write the Sunday gospel reflection, which is huge. It's a, it's a huge pressure just to get it right, right? Get it right for God. Um, but you have to sort of, I guess, learn with those things. And so um, I've been learning. I've been learning how to use, you know, Canva Pro, all kinds of fun things. I'm a Gen Xer, so um, you know, my ch my my children who are Gen Zers are helping me, uh, you know, sort of craft things and uh, put things in place for Missio Day because it's got to be visually pleasing as well. And you know, I think that's the biggest difficulty when you and I started back in the day. Um, it, we were just writing. We were just writing, and it was just blogging, and it was just very solid. And I think now. Um, you know, there's the expectation that things be visual and moving and, um, you know, and tangible and, and not just words. And I think, you know, for me, that's the greatest difficulty sort of shifting with those times. And how can I make Jesus, you know, be just as relevant today and, and multidimensional, not only in my writing, but in, in sort of the visual way that that we have to do that to be able to bring people into the to the site? Yeah, I mean, how many times have I told you and Jonathan that I, I, was, I was like, I'm just not interested in doing a podcast. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And here we are. We're, we're doing it. So we're um, here. Was just, yeah. I was just like, you know, there's already Pints of the Aquinas, you know, Word on Fire. There's already uh, what Catching Foxes, uh, Catholic stuff you shouldn't. I'm just like, that's that's so that's such been saturated. But I think the one podcast well and i think this is what we got here is we're writing but people want to know who's behind the writing they want to put a face exactly uh to to a writing. and so when we do the reflections that you mentioned and you know getting it right getting it right for god but it's like you know there with you're getting it right and uh, i have to get it right in 300 words you know that's right. what we try to try to write in um, yeah. I'm usually not very good at that. Um, I'm usually at 500 words, but <laughs> it, I, I always count quotations. I go, oh, the quotation. So I'm, I'm 300 words. So. <laughs> yeah, that's some difficulty. Um, kind of the difficulty I've encountered with Missio Day, um, actually spend most of my time more on the business aspect of Missio Day. Mm -hmm. um, so where we started, you know, doing more writing, I don't have a lot of time to spend with writing um, because I'm working on uh, making contacts and that networking and sending emails and then I'm also sending trying to send emails to write schedule all their posts and um, that really takes in a lot of my focus that I would otherwise spend writing and you know there's um there's pro to cons of that too, because we've we've seen a lot of good fruit with Missio Day, um, but then again, I'm uh, researching. So just just do have some time off, and that's um, a project that we're discuss a little bit um, later. Um, I'm going to be spending a lot of time researching and writing there. But you know, it's I've discovered new talents too. So um, I've actually um, I'm I think pretty good at creating ads like an i was ad, gonna you know, say I, your ads are amazing yeah your <laughs> graphics i was like you're born to do this it's such a gift like you, yeah. you're like oh how does this look i'm like this looks like a professional did it this looks amazing oh yeah so i'm you know i'm just ecstatic when i, I, when I send it to you know a magazine to advertise 
this, I'm like, oh wow, maybe maybe I should have uh, majored in that. But I, I I had I had a thought which rather which was interesting talking about aspects of things, and you know that's maybe that's maybe that's my my role that I that I see that I need to see myself where you know I've always maybe be the guy that people read and were influenced by or you know something something like that and i think that um maybe that's not my maybe my role is more or less maybe director or behind the curtain because my role was when we you know we started missio day is to help elevate other writers maybe that's where my talent's at you know saint paul talks about um, there's, you know, the, the, in the body of Christ, there, there are many different members, and they do different things, but they're all part of the same body. And so I think that's, that's kind of my role right now. And maybe once we get a little bit more established, then I can move back into the writing role or have someone take more of the, the aspect. But uh, as of right now, I'm making advertisements and business cards and reaching out to people. And so... I, I hope that you know that leads to some success. So, moving on to try not to be dragged by that. Um, so obviously you're you're writing for. Uh, tell us tell us what you're working on. Uh, well, I freelance, you know, um, which has been great because I can kind of lend my talents to different places. Um, I also write lifestyle articles for Catholic Mom, so you can find uh, my articles as well on CatholicMom.com, which has been a great grace and blessing um, to write for them. It's a little bit of a different perspective, um, and so uh, working on those lifestyle articles has been good because it's a little bit of a different flavor than Missio Day. In Missio Day, I feel like I get a little deeper, um, a little more saturated, not so much, um, I guess, emphasis on my role as a mother but more so like on a, on a holistic role as me as a person versus Catholic mom, where I obviously tried to focus on, on the family and um, maybe a career work aspect, depending on what I'm writing. But um, so I'm do I'm working on something very exciting. I've been trying to write my book slash conversion story uh, since the, like the day I converted, um, you know, people think, I, I don't know, I've heard, well, you know, just sort of like write it down and, and journal it and transfer your journals over and, um, clearly people have not read my journals because there are thousands of pages and um, and so you know it's not so easy just to transfer over my journals and, and really to hone in on um, what that conversion story looks like and so what I've committed to doing is is writing this book as a part of our Missio Day family um, and really talking about conversion my conversion but really more so from the aspect of purpose um you know why and and why did it happen and um how do you chase that and what's on the other side of that i think a lot of the the books that are out now you know with regards to conversion are great i love all of them but as a, as a convert myself i sort of you know have always chased that idea of purpose i even think a lot of um, cradle catholics have chased that idea of you know what what it what is my purpose and so i'm i think the book is really shaping up to be from the lens of my career as an attorney um i've been an attorney for the past 20 years so kind of working that out through the lens of um of my career which is sort of an interesting way that god is sort of moving that because that really wasn't my initial direction so i'm really excited i hope that um you know it'll bear a lot of fruit or my writing in the next couple of months before we uh we get out the manuscript sure um yeah i think 
kind of what where you're talking purpose that that definitely encompasses kind of the mission of missio day not to you know i got the double missio there but um kind of you know our mission has been the proclamation of the gospel you know the mission of god so that you know mass and christ at the end of the gospel of matthew talks about you know going forth you know so go forth the mass is ended everyone wants to put the period on the day on sunday when they when they hear that and you know go go out to lunch and then i don't have to you know worry about this till i go back to mass next sunday but you know the uh the mass is supposed to be you know the place where we uh we get that 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 holy leisure that we where we touch heaven and we can get that rested to go forth and go back on mission uh proclaiming the gospel to the world um, you know kind of uh your your manuscript and your conversion story and, and i definitely think that um you talking about see yourself as a christian as a catholic um and what that means to your life and, and what you have to do um that's that's definitely something that that's um to hone on and focus on and the purpose of missio day um I, to this morning um bishop Barron's sermon on uh for palm sunday and one thing struck me that he talked about uh he talked about the the donkey and uh you know so the donkey um when the uh, he tells his uh, disciples to go get the donkey, um, they're like, "Well, you know," he says, I, "If anyone asks, you know, why you're taking their donkey, say, well, the master has need of it." And the one thing that I think that Bishop Barron uh, expressed very well is, is that you know, for every baptized Christian, baptized by water, and we become children of God, uh, God is declaring that. Um, so the master, the Lord, is he has need of us. And if he has need for us, we have to figure out what our purpose is. And I definitely think that you're, you're definitely uh, hinting on that with, with your book. Um, I don't know if you kind of want to go on with, with that. So, Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, I always considered myself quite strange. I mean, even as a child, you know, I was always like, well, why, you know, why am I here? I think um, the interesting thing about the book and the way the book is going is, and, and maybe people can relate, I did write um, an article about it on Missio Day, I think it may have been last week, um, my reflection talking about this idea as a convert, how, you know, okay, I'm converted, so now what? You know, is everything that happened before I converted, was it wrong? I didn't make these decisions with Christ. You know, I didn't pray about it. Um, I didn't know where I was going. And so I sort of like looked back and was like, man, you know, I was such a heathen or, you know, like I, I, um, you know, did, was this even right? And, and I sort of think that I went from like questioning um, my career choice because my career choice was very tied into some of my childhood trauma. And so I was sort of like, okay, well, I thought I was the savior of the world at the time and I was going to come in and, you know, save these children in foster care or people who are in prison. And, um, and so my career sort of like took a shift as I had a family 
And as my perspective shifted on, you know, taking care of my of my three children. And so um, and that's sort of where the story kind of goes. Right. Whereas like, OK, well, I was sort of bred as this young Jewish girl to really care about her career and, and you know, be in, fiercely independent and not really rely on anybody and um, not have a focus on family. Um, there was no obviously talk of vocation. And so um, I wouldn't have considered myself, maybe when I was younger, definitely a, a part of the feminist movement. But as I got older, I sort of, you know, was questioning all of this. I was like, well, this this sort of, you know, uh, thought just doesn't work. It doesn't work when you're raising these, you know, three tiny humans and you have this very, you know, political career um, that I was in. And um, and so I started questioning this, like, did God really want me to be a lawyer or was this sort of the result of my trauma? Um, and that's really what the book is about. The book is about actually walking through that as we, you know, and, and the people who are listening to this, you know, as we question the decisions we've made, whether it's been pre maybe we converted, maybe we reverted, maybe we were just lukewarm Catholics, you know, who just really didn't consider Jesus as part of that decision and what that looks like in, you know, in real time, you know, the, the dirtiness of those decisions or the light in those decisions. And, and really God has brought me back to a place where, you know, he has said to me, you know, I was with you. I've always been with you, you know, and I think when I and I feel that, you know, even when I say it to you now, because I remember as I was writing this manuscript, he just he kept saying this to me, you know, I'm always with you, you know, even till the end of the ages, I'm always with you. And um, I think that's important to note because we may we may not physically feel him sometimes, especially when we're in grief or sorrow. Um, but that's not the truth. The truth is that he is always with us. Um, and that everything that we do, you know, he's there to see and to hear. And, you know, it reminds me of when God spoke to Hagar, you know, and she said, well, you are the God that sees me. And so I really sort of relate to that, you know, and that's really what the book is about. And I want it to be very, you know, real and raw and honest so that people who also are sort of chasing that purpose or maybe left God out of the equation for whatever reason can really, that will resonate with people. Yeah, definitely. Um, an image that I've always really appreciated with uh, Christianity and the gospel is especially in the in the gospel of Luke. And it's really um, kind of expressed in um, the life of holiness, the Christian life is a pilgrimage. It's a journey. And the gospel yes. of Luke uh, frames all of the events of Jesus in this journey. Um, so, of course, the gospel writers weren't real concerned with you know, telling the events as they exactly happened chronologically. Um, they were also telling the events in a theological setting. So St. Luke, of course, uh, begins this, and it's, it's a pilgrimage. It's a journey um, to uh, the cross. And so we start in Galilee, and then we journey towards um, down Judea uh, to Jericho, and then we go back up and to where Christ is crucified and then he's resurrected. And so I think that's what we talked about uh, with starting Missio Day. Now, a lot of our stuff um, has been, I've stressed, because um, I didn't want to get down into where some, some uh, publications, uh, they really focus on, you know, the personalities in the church, whether that's clerics or theologians or just other Catholic personalities. And they kind of get... Um, I don't know, for lack of a better, scandalous um, with that, or 
maybe not even scandalous because um, some of it needs to be said or needs to be talked about, but it's um, I don't know. It's it's just so much saturated with that stuff. It's kind of getting boring the more the more that you get into that. But what we talked about, um, especially with your story, is with Missy O'Day, is that um, we the journey and what it's like getting down and dirty journey towards the mount crucifixion and resurrection and so how the journey of being a christian you know comes with bumps and scars and it's not pretty um i think one of my 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 favorite saint saint augustine um i got i really i really uh went for it uh, for my son to be named augustine but my wife kind of wasn't there, so but I got it, I got it, I got it in there for the middle name. So, um, so we got that there. And I, what I, what I enjoy about Augustine's story, of course, is the bad boy turned saint. Of course, my favorite literary characters, whether it's Boromir from Lord of the Rings or Darth Vader from Star Wars, so forth, um, with any literary characters, I like characters that are flawed i like the characters that are real and are struggling to be good people they want somewhere you know in, in the case of darth vader you know he's the evilest villain of the galaxy but something deep down inside there's still a good and so that that's what appeals to me because that's that's reality um to me the character Steve Rogers, Captain America, always nobly good. Uh, you know, Luke Skywalker, uh, Darth Vader's son, always nobly good. Uh, you know, all these other characters, Aragorn. Those characters are boring to me. And they're boring because, I mean, they serve their purpose in the story. That's, that's of course. But they're not my favorite characters because they... It's not a reality to me. It's not been a reality into my own life. And so I sympathize with someone like St. Augustine who, who struggled. And even when he was a, you know, had, um, had his conversion, it was a, talked about, you know, his struggles, um, you know, the images that would enter his mind and stuff and that would tempt him, tempt him um, in his life. And so that's, that's kind of what I think we need to, you know, kind of harness in Missio Day is that is that struggle. I know a lot of the stuff, you know, trying to get established, we've kind of, um, you know, kind of been more, uh, maybe some of it more kind of, you know, for myself and stuff, basic theology stuff. But I definitely want to get down into the journey. Um, some of the stuff I've been reading and researching is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Latin America and uh, liberation theology. No. So liberation theology has been, um, it's kind of, um, um, in some Catholic circles, a little scandalous because parts of it have mixed in Marxism and socialism. And so that, that off puts a lot of people. Um, but I kind of fell into it because uh, who's considered a very conservative cardinal in the Catholic Church is... Uh, from Germany, Gerhard Müller he used to be the prefect of the doctrine of faith. And he was known as being a very 
um, Orthodox Catholic. And when researching his bio, I found he's very interested in um, liberation theology. And I was like, wow, that's that's odd coming from this guy. So uh, he wrote a book on it. So I started reading this book. And he talks about in this book what it's like, you know, and, and I've, I've often questioned this. How can we reach people who don't see the purpose aspect of our faith? You know, when stop sinning or you'll go, they have no concept of sin or concept of hell. They don't care either way. It's Heaven's not a reality to them. All they can see is really the aspect of their life as they're living it. How can we make God present to them? And I think liberation theology, the good parts that I've read, sees this. You know, it's it's the preferential, um, God's preferential for the marginalized, his preferential for the poor. And so how can we, um, quote unquote, liberate those people from the, the suffering and the darkness that they're in to, to bring them out of that so that they can be open to the spiritual faith. And I think if you, if you read most recent reflection, uh, Let Christ Liberate You, um, you could definitely, now that I've told you this, you could definitely see some of that influence um, getting into that reflection. Uh, so we talk about own personal sins. I was and I was in confession, and the priest, you know, and I was talking about reading this book, and he's like, you know, personal sins aren't private sins. You know, mm -hmm. we all thing about America is we really have this strong thing about individualism in America and pulling yourself up with your own bootstraps, and some of that's very good and very noble, but. The reality is, is that we come together as individuals to form our communities. We are individuals in, in a family unit, in our towns, in our cities. And so there are little social, our, our little personal sins, like, if we're flawed humans and we build communities together, those, those communities are going to be flawed. And there's social sins that are going to exist in, in there that is suffering and so how can we minimize um so we're called vatican ii says we're called out to live a life of holiness so how can our how does our personal sins influence our community um to create social sins and 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 not and i don't have the answer for that but it's definitely i think something that should be explored that i want to explore yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm probably I, I'm in the minority of Catholics that do this, but you know, I, I regularly a lot share with my kids what I go to confession for, obviously, and make sure that it's something that's, you know, I can share with them. But um, it's important for them to see me uh, going to confession, to be in line with me for confession, and then when they ask me about it, um, to share with them what I feel is appropriate. 
um, I've sort of taken the role and, and I've talked about it, I believe on Catholic mom, um, you know, that I, I am very honest with my kids about that because in order to sort of achieve that holiness, I've got to make it accessible to them and I've got to show them the progress that I've made. Um, and I really think that comes alive to the sacraments, you know, um, I've received anointing of the sick. I've received, obviously I received communion every Sunday and I try to go to daily mass. I, um, you know, I, I try to go to use the sacrament of reconciliation as much as I can. And, um, you know, and I tell them to do the same, um, because really that's my role, right? My role as a parent or our role as a parent is, is to, 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 to get these kids, um, to heaven is to, is to inspire their holiness. And I, I think part of the problem, at least from my perspective is, you know, even as an adult, um, some of this, some of it seems unattainable, you know, when you're looking at the saints or you're reading sort of like the nice part of it. Um, that's always what's been what's very frustrating for me. Well, you know, well, I can't do that. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, mortify my body or, <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, I need something that, you know, how can I get there? And so I think sort of for me, what God has given me is the ability to be vulnerable and to be honest. And it almost seems the more honest and the more vulnerable I am with both my audience as a writer, um, in my, uh, circle of influence, whoever, wherever God puts me, um, and in my house, in my domestic church, it makes God accessible. And I think that's even part of my tagline, I think in my bio, where I say, you know, I write at Missio Day, which, um, you know, my goal being to make God accessible in the dark. Um, because I think that in order to do that, you know, Jesus didn't walk with the righteous, you know, I was just watch, watching the chosen with my parish for three days, as part of sort of a Lenten mission. And if you see the visualization of, you know, this ragtag team of disciples that he walked with, it's it's so awe inspiring, because I'm like, I'm one of those people, you know, I'm one of the bad ones, I'm one of the sinful ones. But that's what makes me that's what makes me inspired to be holy. So I almost think it's like sort of, you know, um, I don't even have the word for it, but like sort of like counterintuitive, right? Like that, that these books aren't what's inspiring me. It's really stories and it's really looking up to people like you just spoke about, whether it's St. Augustine and, um, or, you know, whoever, St. Rita, other stories that I've read where I'm just like, or Mary Magdalene, who, you know, watching her in The Chosen was just like, wow, you know, my kids were like, we love her mom, you know, well, you know, and my kids don't really know, know her story, right? But they know it enough to say that she wasn't well, you know, and I think by sort of showing the gospel almost from that perspective, um, you know, talking about liberation and talking about building these communities, even though it's so counterintuitive, well, Jesus was completely counterintuitive, right? So this is the way that we do that. And I find that as I do that, even in my Lenten journey, I have grown, you know, so much in my faith, the more I've exposed myself, which really is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, discussing the chosen, um, I think I've mentioned this to you um, on the side. It's really, you know, especially those first two episodes. Uh, Mary Magdalene's the star of that show. Yes. And um, when you get to the end of that first episode, and all you see, you've seen her down in the darkness. You've seen her suffering on that pilgrimage, and this is not in that ep and you know episode and you finally get him at at the last what minute of that of yeah. that episode mm -hmm. and you know she's down and out and um you know she's she's going down into that darkness and i think it's really touching 
aspect of that show where um, they definitely focus on the humanity of Christ and his incarnation of when he he touches her on the hand Mm -hmm. and he says her name and then quotes the prayer that she prayed as a little girl and tells her you are mine and to see her expression on her face uh when he tells her that it's that's that's the sense of liberation that i think many in our world um if we're very um we're a very isolated society and the pandemic made that worse i think and we became more isolated and people um who they're thriving or not thriving thriving is the wrong word they're living for division and division is really the heart of sin you know going back to the garden of eden uh we lived in community and find friendship with god and humanity uh, disobeyed god and created division and then of course we see that uh with the the children of adam and eve when cain murders people, all the way to when christ is crucified on the cross to you know today that the you know war is going in the ukraine between ukraine and russia you know i think it was gk chesterton and i and i tracked down the quote and it's and it's always paraphrased so it's basically a paragraph and then people paraphrase it to something of this nature and he says you know the most obvious doctrine and teaching of christianity just open your eyes and you see it everywhere and i think that's a very uh, poignant point um when it comes to um to our faith and reaching out on mission to those all right so uh kind of pivoting here real quick um you talked to i talked about saint augustine you wanted to do you have a favorite saint to give a shout of out of course to? well um i guess i should have mentioned it but i had the um i had the awesome opportunity to be on ewtn's the journey home as a convert so you guys can uh, go on youtube and check out my uh my interview on the coming home network um, and so I'd done that and I also published my, um, my conversion story for them as well. My written conversion story, which was awesome. Uh, both experiences, uh, the, and many thanks to the coming home network. Uh, my conversion story, if you watch that, uh, was, I was converted to the Catholic faith through a saint named St. Edith Stein, who's also, uh, known through her religious name as St. Uh, Teresa Benedict of the cross. Um, and she literally walked me into the Catholic church. Um, and so really the episode gets more into how that happened. But, uh, for those people who don't know, uh, Edith Stein was a, a Jewish Catholic. Um, she and I share the same birth date and our grandmothers have the exact same name. Uh, my grandmother was Adelaide and, uh, hers was Adelheid, which is the German version of that name. And, um, just the uncanny things that I experienced with her and uh, her showing me what the Eucharist was, which I had no idea, and um, and sharing a lot of the same uh, life experiences and just experience as a, as a Jewish woman converting as an adult. Um, Edith Stein later became a nun. She was a Carmelite nun, and um, she died in Auschwitz, and uh, her feast day is August 9th. 
So um, she is very special. I'm actually wearing her medal. Um, I always have her with me somehow, but um, I just re recorded a podcast actually for Coming Home Network, which will be out soon. And we were talking about this very topic about the saints and um, how important the saints are. And so for me, she is, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So um, I just absolutely adore her. There's, there's obviously many more saints that I love, but um, you know, to me, she's, uh, I mean, I don't know what I would have, I would have done without her because I still wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. So, so she's amazing. Definitely check her out if you don't know her story. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. There is a, and I've, I think I've mentioned it to you, um, a French movie on a Jewish convert and he, he, uh, became a Cardinal of the Catholic church. Yes. Um, let's see. Um, let me think, uh, Jean Marie. Lustiger, Lustiger. I may be pronouncing the last name yeah. uh, wrong, but uh, I actually wrote a paper and I'm do an article on uh, Monsieur Day at some point. But um, I wrote a paper on that movie, and it's a very telling story of, you know, his his struggle, uh, kind of with that. Um, of course, not to kind of break into that quickly, but that centers on. Um, the convent in Poland where Edith Stein um, was um, a, a nun. So, um, and, and, tr and turning it into a possible um, like uh, shrine, but um, mm -hmm. of course it was near Auschwitz. And so yes. um, of course there was a little bit of, um, you know, um, religious um, that, um, watch the movie and uh, read the story about it. So I don't want to give it, give it all if, if you haven't researched it. Um, but um, this uh, with you too, that, you know, one of the, one of the, the most machine uh, parts of that movie though, is near the end. And he talks about how he wants to be. Um, so being a Jew and a Catholic, he wants to hold both branches of the testament in both hands, and I think that's a it's a very beautiful image. Um, and I also, of course, uh, you know, we've discussed. I'm I'm very interested in covenant theology and uh, Saint Paul, and so I'm very much into Jewish Christian relations on a theological. And you know, I'm I'm very much, um, you know, you know, it's the Jew first and the Gentile next. And so, you know, this Jesus, Jesus is your Messiah. He, um, this is covenant and I'm a special thing. And I think I'm a little envious of you because of that aspect. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. You know, it's funny. Um, it, it came up a lot, like during the chosen, you know, people were asking me, we were watching the parish, like, well, was that right? Or did they say that right? Or, you know, did they do that right? Or how do you feel about that? Um, you know, there's sometimes I feel like a science, like a science project in the Catholic church. <laughs> I mean, in a good way, not a, not a bad way, but um, you know, it, it, there's a whole association actually for people who are interested. It's called the Association of Hebrew Catholics, and they have a wonderful uh, web page that has you know all kinds of good facts and and things yeah. about um, Jewish Catholics. They're wonderful. People are generally interested in it, and I, I think. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, we could talk for three hours about what it's really like in real life um, to be someone who's Jewish, but because conversation but um you know it seems so easy on paper right it makes so much sense on paper especially 
you know, it's like, oh, this makes sense. Um, you know, but I think ground and there's a lot of um there's so many other things that are sort of part of that. Me, because people ask is, you know, to me, I was gonna follow the truth wherever it went. I had that either which is what which is you know however it was um you know and so you know you know i followed i followed god right into the catholic church yeah that's exciting all right well we're kind of getting to the end of our show here but i just wanted to do things about what missy O'Day as a whole is working on and i and i believe working on part of it too is the uh the eucharistic revival project um one, this is actually led by um, Joseph Tuttle, who we've uh, talked about at the beginning of uh, the podcast here. And uh, Joseph had this idea, of course, the the USCCB it announced a kind of a revival of the Eucharist, kind of a year of the Eucharist. Uh, prior to that, um, I live in the diocese with uh, Bishop Paparaki here. And before the... Uh, the uh, national conference announced that we actually uh, were going to do the same in our diocese, well, before uh, the, all of the United States. And so, um, so just wanting to to write a write a book, which is a collaboration, which an author would write a short chapter on a specific topic, and it's kind of encompasses uh, from Judaism to um, you know the present and so we'll go from the man in the desert to pope francis on the topic of the eucharist but give this of uh, this this notion or this need in catholic um you know devotion and spirituality and theology this revival of the real the 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 reality of the real presence of jesus christ in the eucharist and what a gift it is and so, uh, and um, I was working on a, um, it was going to be um, a chapter on Revelation in the Eucharist. Mm. And kind of my angle with that was going, um, there is some Catholic theologians. Uh, one was a professor in Notre Dame. She passed away. Um, and she wrote a commentary on Revelation. Her argument that um, was largely that, the bulk of revelation is actually a it's not a christian document it's a jewish document and that after of course uh christian or christianity happened so basically the argument is chapters four through 19 were originally jewish and the first three chapters and the last chapters were christian editions and they kind of focused on um the the, the middle or the meat of revelation they kind of focused that what that means in a christian perspective and so the argument that i was going to make from that throughout that to focus on the sacrificial aspect within judaism and the temple and how that connects to the eucharist mm. overall i thought when i was when i was i was writing i will release this as an ebook with missy o'day but i of our it was too speculative and maybe too um it didn't serve the purpose for our project that reviving the um 
the real presence of Christianity. I just thought it was kind of, uh, you know, it was it was a little too out there for you know the uh, kind of sit in your pew. Like so, gonna right. release it by itself in in the uh, the Eucharistic Revival Project. But what I am working on is, um, of course, with my interest with Saint Paul, I'm kind of more kind of general theology and explanation of the Eucharist as we find it in the first letter uh, to the Corinthians. Mm. The first letter of the Corinthians. Nobody, when we, when I was looking at the project, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, one of the main authors of the New Testament is St. Paul, and nobody's writing on him. So I go, I, I, I guess I fill in the, you know, the, the gap there. So um, St. Paul, of course, um, is in the New Testament, it's it's the earliest dated tradition. The Last Supper that he mentions, uh, that he and he mentioned he had received it, and so it's even earlier. So he would have wrote First Corinthians in fifty seven A.D. given, and he mentions that he received it earlier, um, and that he had given it to uh, the Corinthians at that earlier date. So that would have fifty one A.D. So the part of uh, you know, this is my body, this is my blood, that is already in the oral tradition, in the Corinthian church, in the tradition, um, around 51 AD would have existed. You know, there, I mean, that's only, of course, you got 20 years from the events of uh, the Passion. So, um, mm -hmm. It's just kind of a, an application of what that, you know, I'm going to write about um, what that means in the context of Corinthians, because, you know, in, uh, you know, sacred scripture um, for my master's degree. Um, part of that is, is, you know, what is the context of the entire book or letter that you're and St. Paul is writing about division. That's like the overall theme of Corinthians happening in the Corinth church. And so when you get the chapters and so when you get so that's in chapter that talks about um you know the last you know the the last sup and the lord's supper and taking partaking the eucharist unworthily and what does that mean so a lot of a lot of been inks been spilt on that concept but my overall thesis is going to be the entire context and the context before and the context after all has to do with unity or division within the church of corinth and within the church as a whole so of the eucharist you know we need to ask ourselves and we need to reflect on the questions of what am i you know what am i doing for the unity of the church what am i doing creating division of the church and am i am i worthy of partaking in the eucharist if i divisions in the church instead of you know the un uh you know providing or, you know, producing unity in church. You know, Christ in John 17, that's his pre the high priestly prayers. All may believe, you know, so all are one, so all may believe in me and, and the Father. So, you know, this is at the heart of Christ's message. And so I want to kind of highlight that in my chapter um, for the Eucharistic Revival. So I'm working on research with that, and I've written... You know, I'm probably, I'd say, 30% done with the writing, but 
a lot of more research and a lot more writing to do. So hopefully I can get done with the, the draft this week. So, but that's kind of catches me up to date thing to add um, before we end here. Any shout no, out? No, I'm just, well, shout out. Well, you know, shout out to you for, uh, for uh, kind of putting your writing aside to be able to help the, uh, lowly Gen Xers like us who have uh, no, 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 nothing to do with uh, creating advertisements on little tech pieces that we don't know how to do. <laughs> um, you know, I know I'm personally grateful for, for you to be able to do these things for us because really, you know, the heart to be able to bring those things forward takes all of the writers at Missio Day, takes you kind of, you know, putting your love for writing aside and um, really having a heart to start this uh, publication, um, you know, and eventually get our books published and, and give to, you know, those who are really just there to proclaim the gospel. That's what we're here. We're not here to, you know, controversy. We're not here, you know, to talk about policy. We're here to focus on the gospel. And it's, it's really so and, um And I hope that our listeners who are listening to the podcast today, if you haven't checked out Missio Day, you know, they can head over there um, and just check out and see, you know, you you will fall in love with one of our writers. We have such a great team and um, and head over there really and support us because being being independent, being new, um, kind of being like you said, you know, a small fish in a big pond. Well, you know, God loves a ragtag team. And so I feel like that's kind of what we are. You know, we're those original disciples who are just getting our hands dirty and not knowing what we're doing and just following the master. So thank you for all your hard work. Yeah. So that being said, you can support us by buying S of Tuttle's new book, uh, Stations of the Cross with Father John A. Harden. And we will be, um, so our website is www.midaycatholic.org is where you can find us. And we will be beginning uh, our paid subscriptions to that. Everything's well. The good news is, is all the articles and reflections will stay free. Uh, but if you want to support us and support our work, uh, you can. Uh, when we go ahead and move into paid, you can support us for five dollars a month, and you'll get a lot of better um, extras. And then you'll also, when Melissa begins to. Uh, producer manuscript you'll be able to get a subscription to, to get the first uh, you know first look at those chapters right Melissa yes super excited you guys have to you know you have to watch me like fall in the mud I mean you, why wouldn't you want to subscribe and then you can literally like listen and watch me fall in the mud sure, so, sure. Um, so and then you don't have to go through it yourself <laughs> yeah so the yeah the unedited directors before the directors cut uh maybe recut and all the yes. other cuts before you go to editing you'll just get you know you'll get the suffering and the dirt of melissa's manuscript yes. so yes and that's that's one thing that we we talked about when we we're doing missio day is how we could be different than catholic publishers and i said you know uh people don't get to see the process of, of writing. And that's, that's another aspect of uh, what St. Augustine intrigues me so much. Because St. Augustine is, when you get down to his writings, he's, he's hard to read um, because he doesn't write thematic theology. When, he's, when he writes, he's written so much, he's actually trying to figure things out as he's writing. That's kind of his... Um, and so... You'll find things that are contradictory or things that he's changed. You'll find a pin 
especially when he uh, converted to Christianity. And by later in life, he's changed his mind. So which is it, St. Augustine? And so <laughs> that's kind of the aspect that we're going with you. Which is it? Melissa? Well, you know what I thought would be cool? Maybe what we can do. I was just thinking of it as you were talking. Maybe I could write a couple different prologues and see what our paid subscribers like. And uh, based on some voting and some commentary, we can include that. You know, really, I needed to, you know, I as an attorney, I was a police attorney for almost 11 years. And one of my signature things that I always did was I would always go to the bottom floor to our road patrol officers and I would give them my policies that I wrote. And I'm like, edit it. Tell me if it makes sense. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like, you know, because it was their product. It belonged to them. It didn't belong to me. And so I feel the same way about my book. Um, you know, it, it, it belongs to them. And so maybe that's what we'll do. We'll just, I'll just roll out a couple of prologues and you guys can, you know, throw stones at me or you can, um, you can hug me through your, you know, through your words and we can do it that way. That might be a good way to bring people in and so that you can see all the different aspects of, of how the how writing goes in real life. All right. Yeah, that definitely, that's a great idea. We, we can definitely work on that. Um, just a short little shout out to me, of course. Um, I'm just going to shout out my wife, Kara, my kids. And I also want to shout out to all the writers from Missio Day, of course. None of this could be a reality work and all their ideas. So um, please support us. Um, look out on ways that you can support us because, you know, sadly, we're kind of like that ragtag apostles trying to get the mission out there. And uh, this costs money. Um, and it's either out of our pockets um, and we don't have much. You know, when you're putting on this big media um, in this uh, yeah, small fish in the big pond. So if you like what we're writing, you like what we're doing, please support us. Please look out ways to support us. Um, and I think that about wraps it up. Got anything? No, just, uh, you know, I hope everybody has a blessed Palm Sunday. I hope you'll join us as we walk through Holy Week. We have so many great writers. You know, don't walk through Holy Week alone. If you haven't been back to the church, if, you know, because of the pandemic or otherwise, you can still be close to Christ. Be close to Christ with us, and we'll walk you through Holy Week. Visit, visit, visit us. I can't talk to it. Visit us at missiodaycatholic.org and, you know, and find sort of vibe with her that you can journey with. Um, don't go through Holy Week alone. You know, Jesus is there, but we're also here for you as well. Amen. Glory be to God. And we'll yeah. see you next month in the writer circle. All right, Melissa. Yes. Thank you. Care.